Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. It is great to be here. It is fantastic to be here. Um, as, as Pastor Haas or Pastor Daniel, Dan, what do they call you? Dan? Daniel? D? Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Dan. Uh, you know, we, we've been in communication. I mean, outside of just say, hey, I'm going to come visit. He and I have been in communication and, and I appreciate what, what both you and, and Sonia have done as far as helping us. Because really, I, I leaned kind of on him saying, hey, what do you, what's the things I need to be expecting? Where's the bumps in the road? What's the big hurdles so I can, you know, know when to jump and when to duck? It was kind of like gaming. I felt like I was gaming and then I already got the, the code for it. You know, it's like, okay, duck here. He said, roll to the right. And, you know, it, and it worked. It worked. It really did. Um, I, I believe... And, and we'll get into the word in just a second, but I do need to share because I think it's important. We're, we're all working in kingdom work here. You know, th- there is no, you know, how many you got? How many do I got? What do you, it's not that. It's how many souls are we reaching for God's kingdom? What are we able to do for his kingdom? That's what really matters. That's, that's the bottom line. Are we able to share? And if we can help each other do that better, if we can help each other live in his kingdom better, then fantastic. That's what it's all about. And so I, I greatly appreciate because, um, you know, in the bow curve, uh, we didn't have to worry about some of those things and ramping up in many ways. We were able to kind of jump to uh, a higher uh, effectiveness, if you will, in the church plant because of, of both of you. And so we appreciate it and because of this church. And so our hearts uh, are connected to this church virtually, if you want to say it that way. And we keep you all in prayer. We know that God is doing a fantastic work here. God is doing something just... When you're part of that, as you get to be part of this, it's it's a special privilege. It really is at these levels to be uh, the ones, you know, helping get this set. And as you see what God does and the growth and the the blessing that he brings, um, it, it really is a privilege to be part of that. And so on my trips, when I go out for the men's ministry, I don't always get to take my family with me. I don't always get to to have my wife by my side. I'm kind of in a hotel room and kind of lonely. But on this trip, I I appreciate that my wife took a couple days off of work and we dragged our son with us too and um, just made it better for me. It's been a great trip to be able to come out here. Um, But really, it was to take advantage as well. Um, and knowing to come up here. And we appreciate that you drove down there, and I didn't realize it was that far. I might have not asked. I, was, I didn't realize it was that far. But we had a great conversation on the road, uh, again, just, just sharing. And that's what it's all about. The Christian walk is about sharing. It really is. It's about sharing what God is doing in your life, because as one shares that, the other person grows in faith. And then when the other person shares what God is doing in their life, then my faith is grown, is, you know, it developed. So we, that's how we spar, if you will. Uh, it's, in the Word of God, it talks about metal sharpening metal. 
and that's what it is. We, we're, we're helping each other grow. So uh, we had a great conversation on the road, uh, just a good time in the Lord. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward and appreciate because I realize any time that I get behind the pulpit or the podium or wherever I'm at to deliver a message, uh, I realize that in a church, this place really does belong to the pastor. And this is his place to deliver, to, to give the word of God. And so as I'm giving these opportunities, I, I greatly appreciate it because it is a privilege to be able to share the word of God with, with the believers. And so we want to take a look at this. And um, as we've been looking at, or as the church here has been looking at uh, the word of God, you've been in this, this series, or as you've started it, looking at really uh, juxtapose these, these two different ideas and things that work within our, our Christian life. As you looked at, at what death brings versus as God offers life. And then as you look at the condemnation of sin versus the mercy of God. And so you look at these things in, re, in respect to what I deserve, right? And we know that what we deserve, when we look at the first two, is really I deserve death. And I do deserve condemnation because of my sin. But yet God is so merciful. And let me say that again, because of his mercy, that enormous love that he has for us. He says, I'm going to take what you really should get and what you deserve, and I'm going to swap it out. And instead of giving you and the death that you deserve will, will give you life. And God says, and instead of the condemnation, I'm going to give you mercy and my love. And so we, we appreciate God for that. And that's why when we sing, we raise our hands. It's a form of submission. It's a way to say, you know what, God, thank you. Because without you, I can't do this. Because on my own, I can't find eternal life. On my own, I can't go through the life that I have because... I'm, I'm out there kind of alone spiritually. So today I, I want to continue in those thoughts. And I want to touch on the thought of I deserve rejection. But God gives me acceptance. I deserve rejection. But God gives me acceptance. And I'm going to base it on and, and really the, the bulk of what I'm going to talk, talk about today deals through a, a section of scripture. And so if you have your Bibles or your, your devices handy, open them up to Luke chapter 19. Look at section, that first section, verses 1 through 9. Verses 1 through 9 of Luke chapter 19. And this may be a story that you might have heard before. Um, it, it's, about, it's, it's, it's about a little guy. And we're going to talk about this little guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Verse 1, and I'm going to, let me read the passage of Scripture, just follow along, and then I'm going to go back in and I'm going to, we're going to just kind of work it a little bit. All right, does that sound good? So verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jer Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in that region, and he became very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree 
beside the road and as Jesus was going to pass that way. And so when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he calls to him by his name. And he says, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, speaking to the Lord. And if I have cheated out people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, and that means Jesus, Son of Man, came to seek and to save those who are lost. So and say amen to the Word of God. Amen. Now, the story's a great story. Uh, I mean, Jesus was a, a, a person who involved in all these wonderful stories. And he, Jesus tells parables and he, he gives stories. And in this case, this is a true life situation. This is not some fable that we look at that, that Jesus is, uh, you know, about Jesus' story. This is a true life situation. So Jesus, as he would go, and you have to remember... When you, every time you look at scripture or you talk about Jesus as he's going somewhere or doing something, there is what they, they, the, the scriptures call a multitude or a large crowd would follow him. And when they're saying a multitude or large crowd, they're really talking about not just about 10 or 20 people. We're talking hundreds and really into thousands of people. Can you imagine a, a thousand people, let's say? Following Christ through these streets. Now, they're not streets like what we have, you know, two-lane highways or, or big, you know, divide. we're talking just a small little road. Probably, you know, the, their roads may be maybe this wide, maybe a little bit more. And so as Christ is going through and talking, everybody's trying to get a hold. Wait, what did he say? Hey, be quiet. I'm trying to listen. Right? And Christ is just walking. And people are following him, hundreds and thousands of people are following him, trying to get close to him, trying to get a glimpse. Is he going to do a miracle? Is he going to feed us again? Man, I'm kind of hungry right now. Maybe right now would be a good time for feeding the 5,000 people again, right? They're all following him. And so he comes to Jericho, and he's coming in, and he's walking. And this guy named Zacchaeus, I'll call him Zach. So Zach, this poor little guy, <laughs> poor little guy, no pun intended or maybe pun intended, it... it First of all, when you look at, at Zacchaeus, you look at Zach, a couple things stand out right away. Boom, boom, boom. In the first few verses, he's the chief tax collector. He's very rich. He's way too short. And he climbs trees. This guy's a strange little man, right? He, he has some issues in life. He, he wants to get a glimpse of Christ, and he knows that Jesus has done this wonderful stuff. He's all over the place. He's doing miracles. Like, man, I'll just, I want to check him out. I want to see who this guy's all about. And so he's standing in the crowd. Remember, Jesus moving through crowds. There's no way to see him. He's a short guy trying to peek over people. You remember in the parades? You ever been to a parade? And you're like three, four rows back, and you don't see anything. 
let alone if you have a little kid, so you pick up the kid and put him on his shoulders. You know, he probably was thinking, man, maybe I could pay someone to put me on their shoulders. And that's kind of weird. So he looks around, he sees a tree, and he's like, I'll climb the tree, and then I can see, right? So this is our first glimpse of Zach in, in, in this, this story or what's going on. And so in these first few verses, I, I, what I want you to capture out of it is this. When we're rejected, when rejection comes, obstacles will seem bigger. Obstacles are going to seem bigger than they really are. Now, to Zacchaeus, the obstacles of people trying to see over him, man, they just look like giants to him, everybody. Right? He, he faces that issue. And as he goes through his whole life, what, what I quickly pick up out of the scriptures here is that his whole life, it just seems like everything is just a huge obstacle in his life. He's just rejected all over the place. Right? You got to remember what we read there is Zach is a, a tax collector. Now, even today, I mean, you're talking 2,000 years later, and we still don't like tax collectors. IRS is not our friend. What I like to say, I go out and I present and I talk about Social Security issues. I'm not going to give a Social Security right now presentation, but feel free to ask me afterward. But as I, I do this, one of the things I get to is inevitably someone will ask me, hey, well, doesn't, don't I have to pay taxes on what I get from Social Security? And I say, look, Social Security, we're great people. We give you money. IRS are bad people. They take your money. And it was the same 2,000 years ago. Zach was a bad dude. No one liked him. He was a tax collector. He already has the first strike on him. He's a tax collector. Secondly, as we went through the scripture, it says he's a little dude. He, he, was, he had Napoleon complex before Napoleon was even around. And, and have you ever, you know, thankfully, I, I kind of glanced around and no one's short here. I mean, I'm talking, you know, little guys you know, short. You ever gone up to shake a short person's hand? You know, Napoleon's complex? Like, they, oh, they really grab it. Like, I want you to know I'm a man. You know, like, like easy little guy, all right? <laughs> I know you're a man. No problem, right? Um, that, that, was, that was Zach. He was a little guy. He always wanted to seem bigger. I, I would imagine that where he collected taxes, he probably built a little stage, most likely. He probably, you know, wanted to make sure he was up there above people, you know, because he, all his life he's looking up to everybody. Little guy. So he has all these things against him as a tax collector, as a short little guy. I mean, socially, he is just rejected left and right. If he had Facebook, he wouldn't have any friends. No one would have liked his posts. I mean, he, he's just rejected, rejected. That was his life. Constant rejection. And because of his rejection, all of these obstacles just seem like, man, I just, can't get, I just can't get around it. My life is unfair. It's horrible. No one likes me. And I, and, and I threw in there, and I kind of underlined in my notes, rich. You know, when people are, and I'm talking super wealthy, there, there becomes this kind of like, oh, you know, they think they're all that because they have this or that. And, and we, we kind of become haters with them, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. You know, and some of that is just because of a little bit of jealousy. And, and that was Zach. He had the brand new horse every year. You know, he had the, the nice white Cadillac edition of, of horses. And, you know, the, the, the latest model of horse. 
if you will. And he, just everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's a big rip-off. He rips off everybody. Just, again, obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. And so in his life, as he faces all these, this day was just special for him in the sense of, man, he's gonna, he, he wants to see this guy. He's heard about him. He's like, it seems like a day, like a cool day. I'll get to see this Jesus guy. I've heard he's in the region. Now, he probably didn't travel much because his business of making sure he collected taxes, he had to be around. So he probably didn't get to travel to go see Jesus somewhere else. So when he hears that Jesus is coming to Jericho, he's pretty excited. Like, man, I, I want to take a glimpse. Is, is he tall? Maybe he's short like me because no, he hasn't seen him. Right. There's no you, you can't see him on Facebook. There's no news. There's nothing to you know, they didn't make magazines, newspapers, nothing like that. So he didn't know that he's a big guy. He's, you know, like me, kind of short. He's probably thinking all these things. And so he wants to get a glimpse. And so in verse five, it says, when Jesus came by and he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Now, that blows me away. Because if I was Zach hanging in a tree, looking down on Jesus never met him, he doesn't know me, and he calls me by name, I'm probably falling out of the tree. Right? It says that he got down quickly, so we know he didn't fall down unless that was what they meant by quickly. Um, you know, he, he's like, man, all I wanted to do was just see Jesus. No one ever would stop and give time to Zach. They, he, was, he was a rejected kind of guy. Because if you associated with him, then no one else liked you because of your association. And so he was a loner. And for Jesus to stop and say, hey, Zacchaeus, man, come down here. I'm going to your house today. So first, not only does he know him by name, he also talks to him. And thirdly, says, hey, I want to go be a guest at your home. It'd be like, what's the, I don't remember what city I'm in. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Uh, Dallas, right? So Mavericks win, right? They say they get the championship right? and, and the parade. And you're down in the, the parade watching, uh, let's say the Cowboys. Let's give everybody a little hope. So you're watching, you're watching the Cowboys after the championship, Super Bowl winners, and there's a parade. And you're down in the parade. And you can't see, man, I can't see. And you find like a little, a little tree and you kind of prop yourself up on the tree. And all of a sudden it stops. And I don't even know any of the, whoever the main player, someone of their team, right? Stops the whole parade and says, hey, and calls you by name. Hey, I want to go to your house. I want to go have dinner with you tonight. Can you imagine that? And you're thinking, that's not even realistic. Exactly. That's not realistic. Zach would have never expected for Christ, one, to even speak to him or want to speak to him. Because he knew that there was this, this aura of, of holiness about this guy. Why would he want to talk to a sinner, a guy who rips off people for a living? Maybe the first lawyer. No. Um, he, it's like, this is unbelievable. This, this doesn't happen. Exactly. Same thing. And so Christ calls him out and says, man, I want to go and I want to be with you. So look, when we're rejected... We, we realize that opportunities are very limited. Rejected people live with a, a very small fraction of, of, of opportunities in their life. It, it's the people that you go to job interview after job interview after job interview and, and nothing happens. It's the, the single guy who's asking a young lady out 
and a different one, you know, every week, and everyone says no. It's the constant rejection. The constant rejection. And here, Zach gets that, and opportunities are very limited. And here, Christ is given an opportunity, not only just recognition, but he's saying, I want to spend some time with you. To say I want to go over to your house and eat, what he was saying is, I want to become a friend. That's, he's like, this is unbelievable. This is like I'm winning the lottery. And so when we look at that opportunity that he has, I start to think, you know, we often push off and, and because of things that we've been hurt by rejections in life. And let's bring it kind of a little bit more, you know, not the Super Bowl issue or someone saying, hey, this and that kind of is kind of fantasy. But let's bring it in a little bit more real where maybe a family member has rejected you and not accepted. Maybe a close friend hurt you in a way and said some things. Maybe even a parent did something or another family member in your life at one point that really hurt and rejected you. When we bring it back into us and we've gone through these rejections, when we look at truly who we are, because of our nature, we really do deserve rejection. Because we're not good people. Because there is this, this sin nature within us. When we, we compare what we talked about in the last couple of weeks here, that's exactly what we're saying. Because of all those, rejection should be in our life. But there's this opportunity in the same that occurred with Zach, in the same situation that happened in his life, what Christ offers us is an opportunity. He offers us, instead of the rejection, he offers us an opportunity so that we could spend a little bit of time with him. So that we can have an opportunity to, you know, we call it coming and think about who we're going. We just spend time with God. And, and think about who we're going before. One of the big things that I love when, when, when I look at Scripture and, and, and probably one of my, my favorite Scripture sections is creation. The story of creation. It fascinates me. Creation just fascinates me. And I look around and, and then I look at creation that we have. And it's just, it's amazing. How someone can look at all of creation and not say that there is a God is beside me. I don't get it because it's that it's and the way that he does that God just spoke let there be and there was and not only that he says and it was good and so that same creator is the same one who's sitting on his throne still to this day that we have access to come before and the access that is granted to us Instead of being rejected, what really should happen is there should be angels just as they were put out of the Garden of Eden and said, you can't come in here anymore. We should not have access to God's throne. As we try to come before God in prayer, there's angels that really should be saying, sorry, Charlie, no way. You don't have access to his throne. You don't get to come before him because you have the stench of sin on you. You have the smell of, of someone that doesn't gratify God. But yet, because of Jesus Christ, because of the same Jesus that, that went to Zacchaeus' house that day, 
The same one that instead of rejecting a short little guy said, hey, you have value in my eyes. He says and looks at us, you have value. Each one of you has a great value. And he says, I want to come in. That's what scripture says in another section. It says, man, I'm standing out there and I'm knocking. He gives us this metaphor that, that God is knocking on the door of our hearts. And he says, and if you open up your heart, I will come in and I'll, I'll have a meal with you. I'll hang out with you. Let's just chill together. That's what God says. And so when we look at this section of scripture, to me, it moves me in a way to say, man, it doesn't even matter who we are and what we've done in our past. Because I know I look at my past and there's things I wish were never there. I'm embarrassed of things that are in my past. But the beauty is that God has already covered those with his love. When he went to the cross and he, his blood was poured out for us, it covers all of that. And so when I come before God in his throne, he doesn't see me the sinner. What he sees is himself and his holiness that covers me. And that gives me access to his throne. And so instead of being rejected, what I should get, instead I have passage. I have open doors and I'm able to walk in and I can just get into God's presence. And it, 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 the neat thing is it doesn't have to be on a Sunday like today. Like, this isn't the only time that you can get into the God's presence here, into the worship. No, you can do that anywhere that you're at. It can be on your way to work in the morning. It can be in the evening, in the cool of your own home, in the backyard, in, in just a private place. You can just close your eyes and sit even in the dentist chair and just, you know, as they're drilling on your teeth, this man, God is good. And you can just walk into his presence, walk into his presence because we have access. And as we accept him to take it kind of a step further and what we call that renewal, the new life, as we accept God as our savior, we then are given a new name. We're given children of God that we are now a son or a daughter of God. And because we're his children, now we have total access. Now, don't worry, he's the son of God. Go ahead. Angels like, oh, please come in. It's like, oh, don't worry, he's the son of God. Go ahead, come on in. And we come right up. And again, think about this if in any way possible that you can. You come up right to his throne where he's sitting. And he's waiting to hear you. There's a verse that I love in Psalms, in the Psalm, and it says that, that God is, he's bent over, that he's inclined on his throne, and he's inclined and his ear is attentive and he's waiting to hear us speak his name. He's waiting for us to address him. He's waiting for us to worship him. Think about that access that we have. No longer rejected, but rather accepted to the point where God is like, I want to hear you call out to me. I want to hear you say my name. I want to hear the praise out of your lips. That's his desire. So instead of rejecting us and the opportunities that were so limited in a different lifestyle and, and the things that we had to go through and the barriers in life, instead God has replaced it again because of his mercy, again because of his great love. And what we have is access. So instead of being rejected, and although some people will despise us, because of 
who we become or who we are now. And because we do have that access or because of that good fortune, there's going to be people like, who do they think they are that they can go to church? Who do they think that they are that they can, you know, be Christians? I used to go to school with that. I know what that guy's all about. I know what she's all about. And they don't get this that, yeah, I should be rejected. But I'm no longer rejected because God has accepted me. That's my access. And whatever God has said, then we know is truth and allowed. I want to close up with a final thought of what Christ says at the end of this section. And after this interchange, and Zacchaeus is just elated and, and he says, man, and, and just for having the access, it doesn't even say that there's been an interchange yet. He goes, Man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, don't worry, God. I'm going to make right all my wrongs. See, that's part of something we have to also understand in this. That because of the mercy that God pours out into our lives and giving us access, we also have to have mercy and forgiveness for others. So the same way we want to be forgiven, we have to forgive others that have wronged us. And so we start a cycle of forgiveness and acceptance instead of continuing and pushing more rejection out in the world. We need to start the, the acceptance. And Jesus in verse 9 here, in closing, he says, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Meaning, he's, he's understood his position. He's understood his position. You can either be, live a rejected life or you can live an accepted life. And your new position is an accepted son of God or daughter of God. It's your choice. And so Jesus says, continuing, For the Son of Man has come to seek those who are lost. Those who are lost. Prior to us, ever hearing the gospel, prior to us ever understanding the acceptance that we have, we're just lost out there, doing circles, living life and, and thinking we're all good and it's all exciting. And in reality, we're just doing circles. And so Christ comes and he finds us, he saves us. He takes us out of the frustrating cycle and he places us on a true straight path to his throne. That's what Christ has to offer for us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about what he offers us, <laughs> like Zacchaeus, I'm elated with joy where it says he just came down and he was overjoyed. I'm going to ask that you stand this, this afternoon. And we've gone through some different thoughts here about a section of scripture that maybe you heard the story before in the past. But I hope that this time, as we've taken a look at it, look at your life. Do you feel that there's still areas in your life where you feel like you're rejected? Are there areas in your life where, where you feel like you're just not treated fairly? Are there areas of your life where you feel like, man, people are just, they're not, they're not treating me well. I'm hurt by it, or whatever the case may be. What I would suggest is come and, and give that over to God. Because what he offers is the opposite. Instead of rejection, he offers acceptance. And come and, 
and offer and say, God, I have all this baggage and stuff I don't know what to do with. And he'll say, you know what? Just give it to me. I'll take care of it. Just lay it down in his throne. And the neat thing is that you can approach his throne today. And I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ. Maybe you're, you're, you're just barely starting to know him a little bit. Maybe you've served him for years. But the neat thing is, wherever we're at in our, our walk with Christ, today's a great day just to enter into his presence. Just to, to say, God, thank you. Thank you that you've given me access. Access. Right up to your throne. Right where you're at, why don't you close your eyes and, and allow me to, to lead in a prayer. Let's just give thanks. God, there's a lot of things in our life where we've been rejected and hurt. Such to the point where we feel like just giving up on everything. To the point where we become jaded and even bitter and angry and hateful, resentful. And all these things that we carry upon us, Lord. And the enemy laughs at us each time we're rejected because it causes separation from us and you. But I thank you for this story of a man who faced rejection all his life, never expected to be accepted, especially by you, Jesus. But in your great love and in your great mercy, you stopped everything and you called him by name. And you said, I want to come. I want to go to your house. I want to. I accept. And the same is done today. In the hurriedness of life and the quickness of life, you pause. And I ask that each one here do the same, that we just pause our life for a second that we hear your voice saying calling us by name and saying I want to spend time with you let them hear your voice clearly Lord let them know that your mercy and your love just, just is accepting them and wants to bring them close to you I thank you for this opportunity today to understand your word and to apply it so that we can become closer to you and enjoy the acceptance that you have given us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.